Dr. Geneva Speaks. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks, where you'll hear amazing leaders from across the nation and around the world. Your host, Dr. Geneva Williams, a cutting-edge, transformational leadership coach, hopes and believes this show will enlighten, entertain, and inspire you to make a difference in the world. So listen up as Dr. Geneva Speaks. Hi, this is Geneva Williams, and welcome as we take a look into the heads and hearts of leaders and the greater purpose they inspire in others. I'm delighted today uh, with our guest, Felicia Davis, a certified leadership and personal branding consultant, author and creator of the Leadership Mastery Formula. She is the CEO of Joyful Transformations, Inc., and a former HR executive with more than 20 years of leadership experience. Her knowledge, skills, and expertise have been leveraged by many companies such as Kodak, NCR, Manpower, T-Mobile, and the City of Phoenix, just to name a few. Felicia has been recognized as a quiet hero in the community for her philanthropic endeavors and was recently honored as a woman of excellence by the National Council of Negro Women. She's the author of The Leadership Mastery Formula, Create an Authentic Brand That Gets You Noticed, Known, and Called Upon, as well as several articles on leadership and personal branding. Well, how are you, Felicia, and welcome. I am wonderful, Dr. Geneva. Thank you for inviting me to join you on the call today. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so tell us um, tell us about Felicia and how did you get started in on your excellent leadership journey? Mm. <laughs> well, I started my professional career um, about 23 years ago. I actually worked for a nurse recruitment agency, and I was helping to recruit nurses, and that really got my um, – my interest going on, and I was very inspired about really helping women to to really get what they want, to get ahead in their careers. And so that's where I started. And so I've been doing this. I transitioned over to the corporate type of environment after spending about two years in the nurse recruitment agency. And I started in the corporate environment as an HR assistant. So I started at the very, very beginning of where you could start in HR. And um, I was fortunate enough to spend my entire professional career when I was in corporate in HR. So, so you worked in human resources for for many years in, in the corporate world. Yes. And okay. And what well, what insights did you gain as an HR expert there in the corporate world to help uh, prepare you for? you know, the kinds of leadership coaching that you do now? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I would say that, that the three R's and the three P's matter a lot, and they matter okay. to the point that they can make or break your career. And so the three R's are your reputation, your relationships, and your results. And I always tell women, whether they're clients or not, if you can really master yourself in, in those three areas, your ability to ascend in leadership will never be a problem because your reputation gets you access, your relationships 
extend that access, and your results get you rewarded and positioned to extend at a much faster pace than you can do without having great results. And so those are the three R's. Now, the three P's are things that, that are built inside of the results that you have to get. And the three P's are politics, presence, and power. And, and the reason why I focus on, on those three things is because there's a study done that found that when, asked, when women were asked about how they felt about organizational politics, a whopping 80% said that they either ignored or they do it very, very reluctantly, and that's not good. Now, on the same token, LinkedIn did a survey, and they found that 23% of the women said that office politics was their biggest frustration. And you know what I say to that, Dr. Geneva, is that women must absolutely change their mindset around politics because, quite frankly, it's the driver of most corporate environments, and it's not going away anytime soon. And you have Uh to be political. You have to be politically savvy in order to get ahead. And so, you know, I like to share the story around, you know, the one thing that really woke me up to change how I felt and how I engaged in politics was when I got really fed up with less experienced, less talented women or people in general passing me by, you know what I mean? And so, you know. When I when I when I actually looked in the mirror and said, looking out the window and said, "Look, this is all your fault. This has nothing to do with them. This is your fault. You got to step up and how you're leading." So, and so that's the thing that woke me up. And so now, when I'm working with women, I have a, a toolkit that I share with them that shows them how to really artfully and strategically build their power base so that they become more politically astute because it's so important. So that's well, the first. Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so that's the first P of the three P's. The second P is what I call presence, presence. Okay. And I just wrote an article called What Black Women Must Do to Ascend Beyond the Middle. And the fact that presence must always, always precede presentation if you want to break down barriers to trust and engagement. A man by the name of Dr. Brian Wetton, he's the founder of an organization called Selling by Giving, he shared his results from a study which revealed that, you know, a whopping 90% of why people actually choose us has nothing to do with our skills. Now, I don't want to, to mislead anyone because skill is absolutely critically important. But in his study, he found that only 10% has to do with skill, and the other 90% was a combination of passion, meaning the level of energy and enthusiasm that we bring to our work, and that other person's innate desire to change, coupled with your your ability to position yourself as the one to help them do it now. So when I worked in HR, we had this thing called skill versus will. So whenever there was an employee issue or an employee thing that we were dealing with, the first question that I would ask myself, is this a, is this a skill or a will issue? And if it was a skill issue, that would be something that we'd be willing to work with because it's something that's trainable, it's culturable. But it's, if it's a will issue, meaning that you're not willing to change, you're not willing to do anything, which is about your presence and how you're showing up, there's nothing I can do about that. And so we'd have to let those people go. And so that's why I say presence must always precede presentation. Okay. And then the so, third, so, well, let me, let me just ask, make sure I'm, I'm – I'm hearing what you're saying because, you know, this is some powerful information. So 
So what your research and study has found is that uh, with these three Ps, at least that first one, politics, that there's a, a reluctance, particularly on the part of women uh, leaders, to uh, get into politics or to understand uh, the political nature of the organization. Uh, how, how do you do that? How do you? How would you, as a as a female leader in an organization, how do you learn about the politics? You have to first, it starts with changing your mindset around what politics is. You know what I mean? You know, like me, okay. when I before I started being able to really ascend, I had that same negative attitude. I hate politics. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to kiss butt. I'm not going to do this or do that. It starts with the, uh, it, it has to start absolutely with you and a mindset change around what politics really is. And it's really two people trying to, try, trying to, to, to have a win win outcome. You know what I mean? Now, of course, there's some situations where people play dirty, and, you know, you're going to have that. But for the most part, politics, organizational politics, is what makes the organization grow. It's what brings doubt to the bottom line. And so you must absolutely know how to engage in it very, very artfully. Mm-hmm. Now, as as we engage in these politics, are you, do you find or have you found in, in the in the either corporate world or as you work with nonprofits, um, how different are the leadership styles of men and women, and is one better than the other in terms of dealing with your three P's, politics, presence, and power? Mm, mm, that's a really good question. Well, you know, we all know that, that that the studies show that men lead predominantly with their head, which is very, very strategically, while women lead mostly with their heart. And I say that neither one is better because guess what? We need both. And mm-hmm. and, and while and, and while women still only make seventy nine cents to every dollar that the man makes, research shows that women outpace men in twelve of the top sixteen areas of leadership success. And so what does that mean for us? That means that it's a clear indication that while results matter, it takes much more to get ahead, and therein lies the reason why why that parity gap still exists. It's also the reason why those three R's and those three P's are so very necessary. And so I would say neither one is better than the other because you need both in order to, 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 to succeed in business. And is that part of your... Uh, this needing both and your three P's and your three R's, is that all part of your leadership mastery formula? I understand that that's uh, what your book's about. Why don't you tell us about that? What is the leadership mastery formula? Mm, yes, absolutely. Well, the leadership mastery formula is um, it's my proprietary seven-step seven process for helping women develop very magnetic and influential leadership brands. And when I speak around leadership brand, leadership and leadership branding, I'm speaking very specifically from the perspective of communication, because at the at the nucleus of every single thing that we do, communication is the thing that wins or loses the battle, right? And so that's okay. really where I focus all of my work on really helping women communicate very powerfully, very influentially, whether it's a one-to-one, whether it's in a in a uh, presentation-type uh, situation, whether it's in a group dialogue, really helping people, women really find their voice in a way that creates influence and impact. Mm-hmm. So, so, So communication, how we 
how we talk, how we listen, how we respond is the key. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And do you find that um, what's what's the best way to learn how to communicate? <laughs> how do you how do you do that? Mm. Well, I think you know it starts with being willing to acknowledge that you need that you need that you need it, right? You know that's often a big challenge in and of itself. It's really uh, acknowledging where our, our shortcomings are, where our weaknesses are, so that we can open up to being receptive, to being led and guided by someone who's done it before. And so you have to be willing to, number one, acknowledge it, but number two, you have to be willing to ask for help, right? So when you know, you know, when you're getting those performance reviews or when you're not getting the contracts or you're not getting the engagements, you know, there's the opportunity for you to look in the mirror and say, okay, what's missing? What's the common denominator here? And who can I go to that can help me close the gap? Mm-hmm. So seeking help and advice on on how to communicate better, how to lead better is a good way to go. Now, now in your uh, leadership mastery formula, as you've explained it to us, you know, there's lots of, leadership development strategies out there. What what about yours, the leadership mastery formula, is different? How does your formula differ from other leadership development strategies? Well, I would say that the main thing is that the fact that I really focus on both the inner and the outer leader, because I'll tell you, Dr. Geneva, when I first started doing this work in terms of uh, from a business perspective, I was focusing on something totally different. And what I found is that I would help women in that area, but they would always come back and say, yeah, but I still don't have the confidence to go out and do it. So, yeah, you've given me the tools and the strategy. And so that made me step back and say, okay, Felicia, you really got to help women focus on the inner leader first because it's the inner stuff that guides and directs everything that comes out of us. And so mm-hmm. I focus on both the inner and the outer. So, so what is the inner self, the inner leader? Are you are you saying that um, leaders need to get themselves right first, know about themselves? Is that what the inner leader is? Yes, absolutely. There's a, there's a saying that I say that that says that you know, as a leader, you must you must absolutely go first. Right, and so we can't sit up and ask someone else to do something that we haven't actually gone ahead of them and done before them to have the experience and knowledge and the and the um the actual practical um experience around that thing, and so you must absolutely deal with their own development because if you don't have it right, how can you even even think that you're gonna be able to to lead someone else or even expect anyone else to follow your guidance? So developing yourself first, you would see as as a first as an important step. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So would that be the advice you'd uh, give someone going into a uh, you know leadership position for the first time or trying to get to the next level? Mm-hmm. Well, there are. Um, I would say there are four things that I would tell people who are who are either trying to, I would say really, maybe really kind of an aspiring or an emerging, they're really getting, getting their feet wet in this realm. There are four things. The first thing is having a very clear vision around what you want for your career. You'd be surprised, you know, 
you'd be surprised. And when I found over the course of my 21 years and 20-something years in HR was that there were a lot of people who just, just weren't clear around what they were just, they were just walking blind. They really weren't clear around where they wanted their career to go. And so if you have no vision for your career, then you're going to always, always, always be led by someone else's vision for you. And that may or may not be good, right? So that's the okay. first thing. The, sec- the second thing is that you must absolutely have a plan with built-in what I call quarterly agendas. And in those quarterly agendas, you must always have a high-visibility project baked in into each quarter. Okay. So having a clear vision, having a plan, having a mentor who can help you weather through the wilderness because as a new leader, you're undoubtedly going to be backed up against the wall around some things, whether it's things that, that are politically charged or whether it's just things that you just don't know, right? And so you need a mentor, someone who can help you weather through the wilderness and then the fourth thing I like to say, for, particularly for new leaders, is really to embrace your pace. And so what that means is have a vision, have a plan, have a mentor, but don't try to go too fast that you that you get yourself in trouble, but also don't lay low on the sidelines. So really embrace your pace. Don't get into into this this trap of this trap of comparing comparing yourself to other people. Because your situation is custom designed to you, so you have to really embrace your pace to do it with progression. Okay, so have that uh, vision, develop a plan. I thought it was very interesting when you were saying have something highly visible each quarter. You mean like a a project or be, uh, um, you know, something that people can see, touch, feel. Give, Give us an example of what you're talking about when you say have something or do something very visible every quarter or every few months. Yeah, so from a organizational perspective, that, that project is really going to depend upon two things. It's going to depend upon your, your organizational goals and it's going to depend upon your goals and how you line those things right. up. So some type of some type of visibility project, and the best way to know what that project is going to be is that it has to be co-created with your boss, all right? Okay, and so okay. It, yeah, so it just depends. You know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, you know, for, for, for people like you and I, um, I have something that's what I consider a high-visibility project for myself every quarter. And what that high-visibility project is, is something that stretches me outside of my comfort zone but it also ascends me to the next level of what I'm trying to get done. And so for for um, I just did my women's retreat just last month, and so I did a women's I, retreat, and that's, it took me a while to plan that. It was very high visibility because I had to involve lots of people to make it happen, had lots of touch points. And so that's the other thing that's very important with the high visibility project. It's not done in a silo. You need other people mm-hmm. to have it happen, right? And so that's mm-hmm. what I mean about that. Okay, so if you're working in the corporate world or an organization, you need to be hand in glove with your boss or your supervisor on something, some project for visibility. And then if you're working on a personal project or if you're an entrepreneur, you know, just really get out there and do something like a retreat. How, how was it successful? Was it a good retreat? What did mm-hmm. you learn from mm-hmm. it? What did you learn from it? Yeah, it was, you know, what I learned is that women are, um, 
you know, women are always, always, always seeking more support. You know, we may not openly ask for it, but when you get women in a very intimate environment, because everything that I do now is small and intimate, it's only 20 women. And so when you get women in a very intimate space, it opens them up, they trust you, and they they, they talk about the challenges that they have. And when that happens, that allows me to support them in a much more powerful way. And so it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was awesome. Oh, great. You know, uh, Felicia, when you were talking with just in, in this past instance with your women's retreat about you said they were able to open up and talk about challenges, what were those women telling you were the biggest challenges they're facing today? Mm, a lot of them, really, to be honest, is was just like the what very basic and what's very simple. A lot of them had to do with um, a lot of the women are like in their next phase of their of their journey, so they're rebranding for their next phase and really uh, getting clarity on what that looks like. Really, and, you know what I mean? Really mm-hmm. Okay, well, what, mm-hmm. what is my what is going to be my next bold move? Really getting clarity mm-hmm. on that. That's what really the majority of it was around. Mm-hmm. And what what advice did you give them? You know, when they were telling them, when they were talking about, well, you know, i got to think about my next bold move, what would you say to them, Felicia, as an expert leadership coach? What do they do? How do they plan for it? Yeah, I, I just go back to my own personal experience. You know, I had a life, uh, life, a traumatic life experience four years ago, almost five years ago, that really had me have to, to say, okay, well, what does success look for me now? You know, this is my life as it is now. What does success look like for me now? And I think that's just just a moment of of of, of clarity and truth and honesty where you look in the mirror and say, okay, this is what I did in the past. Okay, now I'm on this next page. What start with asking that question? What does success look for me now? And then there's another piece that 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 that, that has to happen around really really understanding where you're feeling fulfilled and where you're feeling empty, right? Because when you have when you mm-hmm. have answers to those two questions, that's going to drive what you need to be doing next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in, uh, today's guest is Felicia Davis, Certified Leadership and Personal Branding Consultant and author of the Leadership Mastery Formula. And Felicia, you know, as we've been talking about these conversations with women about challenges, I was really struck by, as as you say, you know, there seems to be a theme. Uh, know yourself. Uh, know what you want to do. Uh, have a vision. Uh, embrace your pace. Um, what are what are some of the um, challenges that you think women? Uh, run into to try to do those things? What is standing in their way or what's what's one of the biggest obstacles, let's say, to getting a mentor? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the biggest obstacle to getting a mentor is, 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 and it's a challenge in general for women, is wearing a mask. And so as women, we we like to, you know, show up on the outside as if everything is all perfect, but on the inside we may be struggling with something, whether it's internally, whether it's with a project and we need some support on it, and really being able to mm-hmm. remove that mask 
and ask very pointedly for what you need supporting. You know, I'll never forget the time earlier in my career when my boss gave me this this uh, very high visibility project. It dealt with you know going out and establishing relationships with with a community organization, so we'd have a recruitment pool to pull from, a diverse recruitment pool to pull from. And I was so excited about her choosing me because I had three other colleagues who she could have chosen. And I was Mm -hmm. so excited about her choosing me that I got started and I failed failed the project before I could even get started because I didn't have the courage to ask for help. And so Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to ask for help because I had that little monkey in my head, head telling me no. You better not go ask for help for your <laughs> boss because guess what? She chose you for a reason, and so you don't want her to have a, another perception around your capability uh, if you go back and ask her for help. And then I could have even also asked my three colleagues that sat around me for some help and some insight, but that little monkey in my head said, no, don't go ask them because, one, they're already kind of salty that you got chosen, and you don't want them to think that you don't know what you're doing. And then, uh-huh. and then I also had I also had a colleague outside of the organization who did something extremely similar. And guess what? That little monkey in my head uh-huh. told me not to go ask him because I didn't want him to tell me that I was doing it all wrong. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. I would say that's the biggest thing. We've got to remove the mask and help, ask for help early. Don't wait till it's too far along the line where things have been derailed. You've already compromised the situation and it's unfixable. Ask for help early. So early help. Send out those uh, signals uh, uh, in the beginning of the process. And, and what did you say? Take off the mask as well? Yeah, take off the mask. Yep, take off mm-hmm. the mask. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a real advice you're you're giving and, and these uh, strategies that you talk about. Now, do you you talk about some of these uh, tips and strategies in, in your book, The Leadership Mastery Formula? Mm, yes, all of this, pretty much all of this, um, is, it comes from the book. And so I have kind of seven, strat- seven areas of focus and under three kind of pillars of getting noticed, getting on, they get called upon. And so everything that we're talking about today is um, is in the book in some way or fashion or form. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, Felicia, as you now, you have 20 years' experience in human resources. You know, you've, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a leadership coach. You've worked in the corporate world, non-corporate world. And so you've, you know, you've, You've been on that leadership journey. Um, so what's next for you, and what will your legacy be for the young leaders who are coming behind you? Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's interesting that you asked that because, you know, what's next for me, like I said, I continue to always push myself forward with quarterly agendas and so the next kind of big project that I'm working on is a women's uh, symposium that I'm doing for Women's History Month in March. And interestingly enough, the theme around that symposium is is called Leading Across Generations. And, ah. and the reason, yes, yes, yes. And the reason why I chose uh-huh. that theme is because, you know, we have a very massive human capital shift that's happening right now. You know, career uh-huh. building 
did a study that revealed that 35% of people, 35 and older, now work for a younger boss. And that's big in and of itself, given the generational differences between a boomer and a millennial person, right? And then, mm-hmm. then you have you have that, but then you also have, according to the Social Security Administration, more than ten thousand boomers are applying for retirement benefits on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. that means we have an overwhelming amount of intellectual capital leaving the building while a fresh new generation is stepping in to lead the way. And so we have to figure out how do we find a way to to really you know, to to synthesize and leverage these nuances that can, can, that can impact uh, the bottom line. And so that's really why I'm focusing on, on the generational things for this symposium. I think in terms oh, of what I next, yeah. Well, we just have a couple uh, more seconds, but it seems to me, Felicia, that's your legacy, what mm. you're doing now that's leading across generations and helping the boomers and the millennials see and talk and talk and help lead each other and learn yes, from each absolutely. other. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's been phenomenal talking with you, Felicia. Um, it's just uh, just some real great advice you've given us about visioning and and planning uh, both from the organizational perspective and the personal perspective. Get a mentor, take off that mask, embrace your pace. And then those three R's, uh, relationship, uh, results, reputation. And the P's were, again, politics, presence, and what's that last one? The last one is power. Power. Yes, well, you know, we're going to have to get back together where we can just talk about uh, power by itself because that's a terrific topic. Felicia Davis, thank you so much for joining me. Um, And, again, her book, The Leadership Mastery Formula, Create an Authentic Brand That Gets You Noticed, Known, and Called Upon. We uh, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have comments or ideas about other leaders you'd like to hear from, visit us at our website. Again, Felicia, thank you for joining us. And stay tuned for our next show when we inspire great leaders for greater purpose. Thanks for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks. Dr. Geneva Williams, an expert facilitator and leadership coach, lecturer, and keynote speaker. For more information on Dr. Geneva, visit her online at www.drgenevaspeaks.com. That's drgenevaspeaks.com.